but I praise God. I'm, 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 I'm excited to be here. I had a message ready. And then on Friday, I get up and God decides to play games. And he says, no, you're not preaching that. You're going to preach this. So I got something kind of like right out the oven. And if there's anything that I know about God is that when he switches things up like this, it's because there's someone specific that he needs to reach. So, so I want you to look at the person next to you and say, that might be me. Then look at the other way and say, wait, that might be you. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for our worship team. I love you guys. What's up, D? Love you guys. Amen. Um, John chapter 8. Yeah, I can't preach with all that going on. I'm sorry. I'm not one of those, but thank you. I love you. You come back for me later. John chapter 8, starting at verse 2. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. Look at the person next to you and say, novela. If you don't know what that is, just soap opera. It just sounds better in, in, in Spanish. Um, had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said, Let him who is without sin among you be the first one to throw a stone. And, at once, more, and once more he bent down and rode on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Alone with the woman standing before him before him Jesus stood up and said to her woman where are they has no one condemned you she said no one Lord and Jesus said neither do I condemn you go and from now on sin no more he brought me here and I was sharing with Pastor Roe prior to coming up here this is like one of my favorite stories in all of scripture and all the encounters that Jesus had with different people because I see me in this woman. Uh, there was one time that I was sharing, um, I, I, I was having lunch with, with a brother from the church. This was like 26 years ago. But I remember it like if it was yesterday. Because the kid looked at me and he said, I don't got a testimony. I've been in church my whole life. And I said, boy, you got a greater testimony than what I got. Because I basically was dragged here because I knew I had no other option. I knew I was on my way to destruction. I know it was either Jesus or death. So I had no other choice. You have a billion and one choices, but you've still chosen Jesus. You got more than a testimony. And, and, and I say that to say that when I look at this woman and I think about her story, it has all the makings of a setup. Any of you guys ever been set up? 
Some of y'all are like, I've been set up. That's why I'm still here. No, I mean, we know what a setup is, right? There's some classic ones that I want to share before I share my setup because I think God definitely set me up. Um, but, but one of my favorite ones is The Lion King. How many of you ever saw The Lion King? Right? We got Scar, Mufasa's brother. And, and, and he's like, he's, he's his brother. How many of you remember this scene? Like I was a grown man crying, upset, angry, wanting to fight all at the same time. Like how am I in my 20s? And I, I just gave you my age, whatever. Uh, 20s and I want to fight. I was probably younger than that actually. Wow. Whatever. Um, so, so Scar sets Mufasa up because he wanted his place. He wanted his position. So, so this is what occurs many times. Many times we are set up because we got what somebody else wants. And sometimes we focus so much on the setup that we end up relinquishing what we have because we're focusing on them instead of what we have. Right? So, so Mufasa dies in this scene, unfortunately, and Simba comes and I get him tatted on my arm because I, I love the scene where it says, remember who you are. Right. There's another setup um, that, that I really, really enjoyed. And this one might get me in trouble, but I'm at Cool House. So we do stuff like that. Praise God. Um, I just happen to like this show called Power. Um, and, and I don't know how many of you guys like I want to see Tyreek in the streets. Because you don't do your pops like that, right? Like, like how many of you remember this scene? Tyreek sets up his father, and, and there's a whole maze of different people that, that could have gotten the blame for the murder of Ghost. But it was Tyreek that, that took Ghost out. And, and he ends up taking his place, and it becomes this whole big thing. But I, I still remember the scene, like he's going down in slow motion. And, I was going to put that one up, but it was going to be too graphic, and I didn't know how many little kids were here. Like, I didn't want, I didn't want to make it that kind of sermon and have to answer to, to leadership. Um, but, you know, when, when, we, when we see this, we understand, you know, it's a setup. There's a show that I love. I shared it with some of the leaders. They see it as well, Married at First Sight. This is like a different kind of setup where they get five men, they get five women, they've all done interviews, and then they hook them up, and then they're married. Without knowing each other. Like, it, it, it's crazy. But th that, that's to say that there's good setups and there's bad setups. Right? Uh, a few years back, I was working, minding my own business um, in, in Passaic, New Jersey. And a supervisor brought one of his new workers. And he brought this young lady to my desk. And, and he said, hey, Marquez, this is Ana Turcios. And, you know, I turned around. And because, you know, like... I'm me, like I'm not gonna show my excitement, right? But I, but I saw her and I was like, yo, it's a linda, right? Like he showed me my wife, but I didn't know I was being set up, right? But God always has a plan within a plan within a plan and within a plan, and 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 if we focus on what God is doing, we'll be able to see that maybe just maybe we've been complaining about a setup that God has been preparing. <clears throat> this woman was set up, classic setup. And, and I want to go through some of the verses because it bugs me out. It says, early in the morning, he came to the temple. I love this. I love the way it starts. Because early in the morning means like 
they ain't even like they got caught in the very act. This is talking about dawn, y'all. This is like three, four in the morning. Jesus is coming to the temple, and while Jesus is going to the temple, they're doing this setup in the background. Right. So early in the morning, Jesus is coming to the temple and it says all the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. Now, immediately it bothers me because you can't commit adultery by yourself. Where my man's at? Like how they bring just her. And say, Jesus, this woman was caught in adultery, but the guy is nowhere to be found. And isn't this how setups work many times? Setups work many times where we weren't doing what we were doing alone, but because we're the ones they wanted to get caught, we're the ones that are put into the limelight. Can I get an amen, somebody, fellow setuppers or setuppies? Yes, you haven't been set up yet. This is going to help you. (laughs) they brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and and they bring her to Jesus. Now I was thinking and trying to imagine and and capture how this woman must have felt. Because there's three setups that occur within this, this, this text. And the first setup that occurs is when you're set up by those closest to you. She was, she had, that man that was with her had to have prior knowledge of what was about to happen. He had to have been connected somehow with this plan that they were creating and they needed a specific woman. And because they needed a specific woman, they knew exactly who they could go to. And they set this woman up. But what was she feeling when that happened? I don't know if any of you guys have ever been betrayed, but that's things. Because betrayal cannot occur unless that person is close to you. And the reason it hurts the way that it hurts is because we love them or love them the way that we love them or love them. Because we've allowed them an area of our lives and allowed ourselves to be vulnerable and allowed ourselves to be open, that makes them prone to attack and prime candidates for a setup. And in this particular situation, her vulnerability was used against her. Is there anyone here that's ever been set up by someone you thought would be there to the end? Or set up by someone you thought was going to hold that secret to the grave. Or set up by someone you thought would never turn their backs on you. Maybe it's just me. I know all about these sort of setups and they hurt. And unfortunately what happens is we bring that setup into our relationship with God. (laughs) And because I can't trust those closest to me, I can't trust the one that's closest to me. Is there anyone here today that you, yeah, you could praise them a little bit. You could open up your heart a little bit. You, you could come to church a little bit. Today you're going to be baptized and you don't even know if you're, all you're going to do is touch the water a little bit. Because if you give all of you and you give all of your secrets and you give all of your pain and you give all of your hurt, you don't know if you can trust him. I get it. There's probably three people next to you that get it as well. Because we forget church is full of human beings. 
And we came to this place through hurt many times. This woman must have been traumatized when this occurs. You think they gave her a chance to get dressed? You think they gave her a chance to shower? You think they gave her a chance to cover up? You think they gave her a chance for anything but but to be embarrassed? They said they took her, they take her out of the bed, they forget that she was with this guy that they probably knew. They bring her, and it says, and if you read it, it says, and placing her in the midst, they said to him. In other words, Jesus is teaching all of these people. And in the midst of teaching these people, these strangers, she's dumped in the middle of them with all that pain. Not even talking about the pain that led her into adultery in the first place. Now she has pain on top of pain because someone that I trusted set me up. And if we keep reading, it says the Pharisees and the scribes were the ones that brought him. In other words, people that didn't even know her. And that's the second people that sometimes set us up. People that don't know us. They don't know us, but they got so many opinions about us. Can I get an amen, somebody? Like they'll see one video or hear one clip or we post one, you know, one minute video and all of a sudden we're labeled, we're condemned, we're judged, we're criticized, we're, we're, we're everything that they think that we are. And they begin looking for ways to set us up. Is there anyone that, that, that understands that whenever there's outside forces trying to set us up, It's only because God is working something in the inside that they're trying to get to, right? And, and, and this, is, this is an important one that I had to understand the past few months, that the devil isn't after me. He's after God's purpose within me. He's not after you. He's after God's purpose within you. He's after the glory of God within you. He's after the message that God is working within you. He's mad at the miracle that he's already done within you. He's mad at all. He's after all those things that are within you. But without noticing it when we're set up, we also close the doors of what's within us. Because we can't pick and choose when to open those doors. There's so many times when we're hurt and we're broken that we close the doors because we don't want to be set up again. Not understanding that God is moving. Not understanding that God is working. Not understanding that all he wants to do is heal us. Any of you ever noticed that sometimes the setups look the same? Like it's the same thing with a different face. Why? Because God in his sovereignty and his grace and in his love and passion for us wants us to clearly understand the root of the thing. It's not the people. It's that thing that God is after. This woman, if we keep reading, it says, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. The law says we should stone her. How many of you remember that, that Moses movie? Right? Where, what, what were the Ten Commandments written on? Stone. Right? So they said the law of Moses said we should stone her. 
Because all the law can ever do is produce more stone. All the law can ever do is produce more hardness. All the law can ever do is produce more of what it is. And the Bible says that the law came to expose. Yes. But Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to save. Jesus came to redeem. But these Pharisees and these Sadducees didn't understand that. And sometimes Pharisees and Sadducees have hoodies. Sometimes Pharisees and Sadducees dress in nice dresses. Sometimes Pharisees and Sadducees have our last name. It says that these Pharisees and scribes, they say the law of Moses, and then to test them. And Jesus bent down and he wrote with his finger on the ground, like, what, what are you doing, Lord? You got all these scribes and Pharisees, a, a, possibly an exposed woman. All of this is going on, and, and they ask him a question, and he just takes his finger and he writes something in the ground. What does that mean? Why were you doing that? How many of you want to know what he wrote? I'm not going to tell you because I don't know. But <laughs> I also want to know what he wrote. But what I do know is that he wrote something. Y'all with me? I, I think y'all in the story with me, right? Y'all could, could smell it. Y'all could see the dirt. Y'all could see the... Okay, awesome y'all can see the mud on her you can see the mud on her tears because this is a desert and, and she was crying and she was embarrassed but now she's dirty dirty inside dirty outside she doesn't know what to do she's having these battles and i'm so great on time amen and, and it says that jesus bent down and he wrote with his finger and he said and they continued to ask him and he stood up and he said, let him who is without sin among you be the first one to throw a stone. This one we know because we meme it all the time. He who is without a stone, he who is perfect, throw the first stone. Right? Like we know verses like this. We know the, you know, he who, um, um, take the take the speck out of take the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck out of mine he who judges shall be judged right these are all the verses we got in our back pocket when we mess up we pull it out right we're like don't mess with me i know what i did but i got these verses right like, like this is what we do sometimes but when we see this story and we see what's going on jesus was confronting them with what they had what with the weapon that they had what the weapon that they had was the law of Moses that had been written on stone. And each of them took a piece of this law and they had it in their hands and they were ready to stone this woman. Because the law said she should be stoned. The law said they were imperfect. The law said she wasn't worthy. The law said she couldn't be a child of God. The law said she deserved to die. The law said you deserve to stay lost. The law said you deserve to stay alone. The law said you deserve to stay angry. The law says you deserve whatever it is you got. And sometimes we just accept that. But Jesus looked at him and he says, you're right. The law does say that. So the first person that's perfect, y'all could kill her. Y'all could do that. And then he goes back down and starts writing again. What are you writing? Why are you writing on the ground? 
Why does John feel that it's important to tell us that Jesus was writing on the ground on dirt? I think there's a reason. See, because religion will measure you by what you don't do. Well, religion will measure us by, by, by the standard of what we've missed. But when Jesus saw them coming and he saw the stone, and he, he took his finger, right? It says he took his finger and he wrote on the ground. If we read the book of Exodus, it says that the law was written with the finger of God. But before the law was written... God had formed man from the dust of the ground. So when Jesus sees this woman who is being condemned, when Jesus sees this woman who is being canceled out, when Jesus sees this woman who is not worthy by their standards and they're trying to judge her by the law, he says there is a law that's greater than that law. And it's the law that was first written that says, in my image and in my likeness have I created them so that they can be fruitful and multiply. So he be, takes his finger and he says, look, I'm writing something different for her I'm writing something different about her life I'm writing something different about your life I know that they said that you did x y and z but I'm saying you're gonna do x y and z I know they said that you failed and fall short of the glory of God but I'm saying but through the grace of God and by his immeasurable gift you have been redeemed I know they say that you are not a child of God you could never be a child of God because children of God don't do that but I'm saying I'm a daddy and I love my kids and I know they're different sometimes. And I know they do different things sometimes. But I love them just the same. And what I love is that he, he did it twice. He did it twice. Two times he took his finger. And he starts writing on the ground. And this brings us to the third setup. Because if we keep reading, if we keep reading, it says, and once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. And it says, but when they heard it, they went away one by one. But it says, beginning with the older ones. These details are important. You see, because every time we deal with something that happens right now, we're only dealing with what happened right now, and that thing is going to happen again. Can I get John, Marcos, Nikki, can, can y'all come up here, please? Can I use y'all real quick? Good, good. Quickly, quickly. Who's the oldest here? So you're there, you're there, because you're probably second, Nikki, you're, you're up here. See, see, this is, you, all of you guys look at me, all of you guys look at me, you look at me, right? So, so, look, turn, thank you, yeah. So, so, so Nikki betrays me or sets me up or something happens and I'm hurt and I'm angry and I'm dealing with all these things. I'm only going to come at Nikki, right? Because Nikki's what's right in front of me. So I come at Nikki, I come at her with the same energy, I come at her with the same issue, I come at her with the same arguments because she's right in front of me but what if Nikki's not really the issue what if there's layers and layers of issues that have gone on in my life but because I only have this in front of me this is what I attack this is what I come after this is what I say come came you know this is what I blame for everything that's going wrong in my life 
But there's something else that happened way back there, right? Let's say this was just something simple, something basic, right? Like I, I asked her to do something for me and she lied to me. But I make it a World War III issue. I'm like, how could you ever lie to me? How could you do that? You disrespect. I will never talk to you again. You're dead to me. <laughs> and we cancel them out. But then what happens? Sooner or later, God, the, the enemy replaces them with another face. And we got another issue. And this is a year later. New relationship. New man. New girl. New job. New boss. New church. New pastor. New worship leader. New whatever. But I'm having the same exact issue. I don't trust you. You lied to me. You told me I would be on the worship team within three months. And I'm still not on the worship team. You're dead to me. So that, I love that, right? She said, I think the problem is you. And it's correct. But the issue is I've never dealt with the original issue. I've never gone back to my childhood when my father told me he was going to pick me up. And he didn't pick me up. When I was by the window waiting for him to come. And he never came. So I'm not coming at this person because this is too hard. It's too hard to confront my father. But I could confront this person. And I could confront this person. But when Jesus came... And he said, who he, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. If you look at what happened, it says, the older ones left first. In other words, Jesus is going at the root of your issue, at the root of your problem, so that if he deals with him, this one is gone, and this one is gone. And I could walk in the freedom of what he's done. He wants to deal with the older ones first. What is your older one what is your older one we gotta ask that this morning this afternoon what is that thing i've been ignoring there was one time i was preaching in fairfield new jersey and a woman came and she was squirming on the on the floor you know she was oppressed she was going through all these things and i didn't you know, come down and interview her. I don't, I don't really interview demons, whatever. I just went down and I prayed for her. And I cast the demon out. And when she came to her feet, and I said, why were you screaming like a little girl? She said, because the only image I had when I was on the floor was when my mom beat me at the age of 12. She was 52 years old. But she was still oppressed. By something that happened to her at the age of 12. But Jesus wants the older ones to go first. Jesus wants them to go first. But it's, it, it's a deep work. Oh, can somebody say that with me? It's a deep work. We don't like deep works. Can I get an amen? I don't like a deep work. My son came. And that was supposed to be everything. The prince is here. Let's go. But my son was born with a hole in his diaphragm. My son was born with his stomach, his lungs, and his intestines puncturing his lung. My son was born with a tube in his mouth. And preacher Marquez could do nothing about it. Preacher Marquez didn't have a sermon for what he felt. Preacher Marquez didn't have a sermon for the anger he was dealing with. 
Preacher Marquez didn't know why he was feeling the way he was feeling towards God. Preacher Marquez didn't have, you know, a couple of verses in his back pocket that he could pull out and make everything all better like a magic and make it disappear. Preacher Marquez still had to sit there while the machine went pop, 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 giving breath to my son's lungs so that he could live. Preacher Marquez had to sit there while his wife cried and he cried and couldn't do anything about it. Preacher Marquez had to sit there not being able to touch his son for the first month of his life. Preacher Marquez had to sit there when I was getting verses and, and prayers from all of y'all, and in the background, I was like, I don't even want to pray for myself right now. Because what happened during that moment was that God was setting me up. He was setting me up to realize that I had leaned for far too long on preacher Marquez. And the one that he loves... And the one he first loved and the one that he reached out to and the one he had never left was that 17 year old boy who first came to him and said, Jesus, I need you on my kitchen table. He was after him, but it took me four months to realize that the old person that was destroying my walk was the entitled, bitter Teenage kid who had never gotten anything in his life. Because teenage Marquez didn't have the new sneakers. Teenage Marquez didn't have the new gear. I had to start hustling for that. So I didn't have stuff. So now when, my, when I couldn't give my son the one thing I wanted to give him, I got mad. I took it out on doctors. Pray for me. I took it out on nurses, don't judge me. I took it out on so many people. I didn't take it out on my wife because she was just being way too amazing for me to dare do anything ridiculous like that. But, but I mean, Ru there was a few times Ruben talked me off the ledge. Remember, Pastor? Pastor Ruben was like, yeah, I get it. I was like, no, you don't, but I'm happy that you're trying. <laughs> But I had a conversation with John that was very real. And, and John, you know, took his prophetic mantle off and says, now nah, I get you. I get you. And I needed that because I was naked and exposed before the Lord. I had been set up and I didn't realize it. I was exposed because preacher Marquez wasn't there. Preacher Marquez wasn't able to get me, give me an answer. Preacher Marquez wasn't able to get me out of it. But in the midst of that, I saw a savior that was still writing on the ground. And he was still saying, I got you. What you don't understand now, you will understand. Nothing just happens. I'm with you. I love you as you are. Some of us are about to get baptized today. Praise God for that. If you haven't decided to get baptized, there's still time. We got clothes. We got towels. We got everything. We probably got some shampoo and soap. I don't know. But we got stuff. We got you. 
But when you get in here, decide once and for all that the old man has to go. That that older person that has been taking your peace, taking your love, taking your joy, taking everything from you, he has to go today in the name of Jesus. Today he got to go. But in order for that to happen, Jose had to come. Jose. Jose had to come. Because sometimes we, we just think adultery is a relationship between two people that are married. But James talks about the adultery sometimes that we commit with the world. Can I share or maybe put out there that sometimes our adultery comes with the titles that we hold or the positions that we undertake? I had to encounter that reality. My wife knows. My wife knows. But I stood grounded. I stood grounded. And, and, and she, my wife was asking me today, are you excited? And I was like, not, not like I thought I would be. She was like, what do you mean? You haven't preached before months? I said, that's not what's the, what's the most important thing right now. What's the most important thing? My wife, my son, my children, relationships. That's the most important thing. Guys, I'm here today, right? Naked and unashamed. Because even when I was feeling all these things and even when I was angry, I had a Jesus who never stopped writing never stopped and he hasn't stopped writing your story but he's saying you got stuck on the last chapter you got stuck on the last chapter yeah it was a heavy chapter it was a hurtful chapter it was a chapter that almost broke you it was a chapter that almost destroyed you but I didn't stop writing if you just turn the page, you'll see that I'm writing a whole different story with a whole different outcome to give you a whole different perspective. This woman's story almost wasn't in the Bible. If you look at your Bible, it says this story wasn't included in the earliest manuscripts. <laughs> I don't know what perfect person put that in there. But I love that where, where they, the reason that they left it in there is because it wasn't some early writings. And in those early writings, it was connected to a God of mercy. It was connected to when Jesus said, I will have mercy on the merciful. So they included it because it, it was too great a connection to ignore. So what if Jesus is saying, I'm still writing your story. I didn't stop. Why'd you give the pen to somebody that doesn't know you how I know you? And now they're writing a fictional novel when I was writing an autobiography. Why? You're, we've allowed God to hijack our purpose, to hijack our quality. 
to hijack our walk. Jesus said, where are the ones that condemn you? They gone, Lord. But I love the fact, if you read it right, it says, and Jesus was left alone with her. I know we got people here, but what if we could get to that place where it's just you and him? Just you and him. There was a cartoon that wrecked me when I was younger than I am now. It's Prince of Egypt. And it's when Moses doesn't want to do what God had called him to do. And his father Jethro comes. He says, Moses, stop looking at yourself through the eyes of man and see yourself through the eyes of God. It's funny, right? Because she was standing in the midst. The Bible says Jesus was stooped down. Jesus came down to us to continue the work he began in Genesis when he said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. He stooped down twice. I love that guy. I love the Lord. I have no business having Caleb. But that boy, when he smiles, I see God. I see God. I see God. When he cries, I hear God. Cries should frustrate us, right? Oh my God, wait till he cries. I love him. Jora, nene, Jora. Because it reminds me that God is real. It reminds me that God is real. What if Daddy God in heaven saying, I'm not bothered by your tears. Not bothered by your tears. It shows that you're still here. It shows that you're still going. It shows that you haven't quit. It shows that you still love. It shows that you still care. I didn't know how this sermon was going to end up. I, I promise you. But he did. What if we could stand together? And what if you take a little step in his direction? And say, Jesus. I'm tired of that old man taking my stuff. I'm tired of it, Lord. I'm tired of holding back my tears from the only one that wants to wipe them away. Can you leave that behind and come forward as, as a statement of faith? I'm letting that go. I'm letting that go. I'm letting that go. Letting go of the anger, letting go of the bitterness, letting go of the shame, letting go of the, the hiding behind masks, letting it go, letting it go. Maybe a different kind of service, right? But the same Jesus, same Jesus, and he wants to be with you alone, right? So I'm going to ask you to do a second thing for me, and that's just close your eyes. Oh, there's a Spanish song that will hit so perfectly, but... Llévame allá.
Llévame allá donde sé que habrá paz, donde tengo que callar para escucharte. No, 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 I'm going to do it. That's Pastor Roll. Pastor Roll sings without a voice. But, but there's this song in Spanish that it says, Take me to that place. Sing me that one. It's not that one, but that one will work. That one will work, yes. Ooh, that one will work. It, but the Spanish version, the, 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 the guy says, take me to that place where it's just me and you. When you look at me with those eyes, you look at me with those eyes. Right, if I look closely enough at Lucas, get closer, and he got glasses so it helps, right? If I look closely enough at his eyes, I see me. It's your reflection of me. What if you look at the eyes of God? Get close. See the reflection of you in his eyes. And I promise you, you'll never be the same. Can we close our eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. As we worship, Lord God, I'm declaring that layers upon layers upon layers of anger, hate, bitterness, sadness, loneliness are going to fall off of us. Just me and you, Jesus. Just me and you. Can you guys just say that? If you can open up your arms and just say, Jesus, it's just me and you. You're what I needed all that time. You're what I needed all that time. You're all that I needed, Lord. You're all that I needed, Lord. You're all that I need. Jesus. Let him hug you today. Can you let him hug you today? This is you and Jesus. You and Jesus. You and Jesus. Just you and him. Just you and him. It's just you and him.
open your eyes everybody up front he this is what how god wants to hold you right now look look this is how he wants to hold you right now let him in your arms let him hold you let him wipe your tears away let him hold your burdens let him hold your burdens let him take them away